good morning everyone good night you know you know you know you know how is everyone how are we doing how was your week i hope it was great my week was great got some rest got on a good sleep schedule which is silly i mean any sleep is good sleep and because of capitalism we've been taught that we have to get all our sleep in one one fucking whim and you better be productive the rest of the time how about no how about i sleep sometimes at night and i wake up and then i do stuff and i go back to sleep and i wake up and do more stuff is that all right with you is that all right with you i'll do whatever i want okay doesn't mean i'm not productive sorry i'm really taking that personally because i just want sometimes i just want to sleep all day and other times i want to be productive but sometimes i want to be productive at like 2 a.m which is not effective but speaking of productivity guess what time i recorded the, recorded this episode i recorded this episode at like 4 p.m can you believe that can you even believe that i had the nerve to be productive like during the day and not at not start like recording at like midnight wonderful blessed anyway so uh today's episode we're talking about uh you know love and attachment and all those fun things all the things that make us make us who we are all the things that formed us in our childhood maybe that translated to how we feel in relationships now how we want to be loved how we show our love a little bit of love languages a little razzle dazzle you know the fun stuff all the fun stuff you guys like to talk about on a friday (laughs) but yeah this was a fun episode this was a fun episode to record really took a deep dive into my own psyche and really understanding myself and uh figuring out why i am the way i am you know and how i'm going to better myself and how you can better yourself in future relationships uh whether they be friendships or family romantic what have you you know we're learning a lot on this channel is it a channel technically i guess i don't know podcast whatever this episode this whole this whole series i think we're learning a lot i'm learning a lot i don't know about you guys you guys just listen to me talk all day anyways please enjoy the episode and thank you for listening all right so for today's notable figure in black history we have shirley chisholm you probably have heard of her i mean i'm i'm hope you've definitely seen pictures of her i know that for sure um she was an educator and civil rights activist but she was most notably the first black woman to serve in u.s congress and uh yeah i don't know if you realize that's a big fucking deal (laughs) i think that goes without saying she also um she served seven terms in the house but she also was the first um black woman to be to go for a major political uh, party's nomination because she um tried to be president unfortunately but i mean we can assume (laughs) why she did not uh win the nomination from the democratic party but still very cool she broke down a lot of ceilings and actually kamala harris has referenced her many times as um her inspiration and she even uh took some of her like quotes and such and implemented it in her own campaign for a presidential election she obviously didn't win but she's our vp so that's cool too anyways (laughs) back to the matter at hand so love what a wonderful thing no i'm kidding i mean that's no it is a wonderful thing but that's not specifically what i'm talking about today i wanted to talk more about um love languages and how and really how that affects us i if you don't know what your love languages are I strongly encourage you to uh, go take the test. Literally, if you just Google love language quiz, you could take it. And you could also, um, if you're already in a relationship, you can take like couples versions. But um, obviously, I'm taking the singles version. (sighs) Tough crowd. Um, But I think it's it's very important to understand how you want to be loved and how you show love and all that stuff. Because we often get, I don't know, discouraged by other people. Even in, like, non-romantic relationships, if we feel like we're not being shown the love that we necessarily want or in the way that we want it. Because think of, like, how many times, like, you might be with your partner and 
you're really touchy but they don't like physical touch so then you sort of feel like they don't love you or they don't like you but in reality that's just like not how they exhibit love maybe they uh cooked you dinner that night and got up randomly to get you a glass of water because they were like taking care of you and that's how they showed their love and affection but you don't see it that way if you don't know how the other person uh gives and receives love so well let's talk about it. what are, what are the love languages what do we got here okay so we have there's acts of service gifts quality time physical touch and words of affirmation for me, some I often take this quiz like periodically because every time I take it, it sort of switches up. It's usually the same like top three, but um, sometimes it switches up. Depend like the older I get, the more it changes. Because and it's also fun to before you even take it to try to guess what um, what are gonna be your top ones like because it splits it up into percentages, but generally we don't even realize it on our own like we don't we can't even tell you what our actual love language would be because for me I assumed it was physical touch because I'm just that's I I love physical touch (laughs) as we know you know anyways um I always assumed it was going to be physical touch for my number one and it never in any of the times that I've taken the test has been number one my top three have always been um in the most recent test my number one, like, in, it was quality time, um, words of affirmation, and physical touch. Those were the, like, the top three, but those usually change all the time. But I wouldn't have guessed it, because I was just like, oh, yeah, I just, I'm a touchy person, and that's how I show my affection. But I do, once I, like, get down to it, I love spending time with people, just, like, doing anything. I don't necessarily need to be um, doing anything. I'm very content with just, like, being around someone when they're getting things done when they're just like checking off to-do lists, but I just like being in their vicinity. So that made me realize, I was like, oh, okay, well then yeah, my physical touch wouldn't be like my number one love language because if it was, then I would need that constant sort of uh, reassurance and touching. But I do also, that's why I say it switches all the time. I have been in situations where like I was dating someone and if they didn't touch me or like not like uh sexually speaking just like touching my like holding my hand or touching my leg or like giving me a hug without asking or giving me a kiss without asking if they didn't do that my brain warped it into them either like not liking me or not being attracted to me and I just really I would very quickly just like deduce to that immediately if I wasn't being shown that uh affection in that way so that is still very important to me and I value that. Words of affirmation, that makes a lot of sense. I, yeah, like being told that you're doing well or just be, or just saying like, hey, I, um, I know you're probably busy today or whatever, but I was just thinking about you just like shooting a text like that, that, oh my, I, that means like the world to me and it's something so simple and it's something that takes like zero effort to do (laughs) and no work no work is required to do that but you could very easily make someone's day and make them happy just by like showing that you were thinking about them when you didn't have to be as far as um gift giving I've never I like giving gifts a lot but it's never been one of my top like they don't really differentiate when you're taking the test like on on whether it's just how you receive love or if it's also how you uh, show love to other people because when you take the test the questions are more uh, tuned to okay would you rather get this would you rather uh, your partner get randomly get you a gift or would you rather your partner um, help you out with a task so it's it's talking about how you're receiving it so I don't really care that much about receiving gifts I mean I, the thought, I'm more of a thought person. That's like the, my key, um, one of the like number one things I look for in a partner, thoughtfulness, because I don't know, I really don't know if it can be, can be taught. I imagine it can be taught, like just to be like, hey, just actively think about me more. <laughs> like it sounds silly like that because when you naturally just do it, I naturally have always just been a thoughtful person. I always am constantly thinking about like, 
um, how I could like do something for someone or like how I can make their like make their day better, make them happy or whatever. And then I also have a really good memory. So that works out too. And then I, I can't tell if that's like just naturally in my brain or if it's on purpose because sometimes people will tell me something and I like give myself a little note in my head. I'm like, okay, remember that because that seems like that's something that would make them happy. So like shocking, I don't know. I'm saying very contradictory statements. I don't know. I'm unclear, but I do really, 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 really love giving people things. (laughs) I love giving people gifts. I love, um, and I can't tell if that's for me or for them. I don't know. I, I, you know when people say there's no like, s- there's no selfless act. And I always hated that. But like, obviously, if we're getting down to like, literally, like, yeah, if I'm giving someone a gift and I'm excited because it makes them happy, it's like them being happy makes me happy. But I'm not doing it to make myself feel good. I honestly just want them to be happy. But it's, but then it, by, I mean, just byproduct is it makes me happy. So I don't know. I don't think that counts as someone like only thinking about themselves all the time. I think it just naturally is a side effect of caring for others. You usually feel good about those things, but it's different if you're doing it just to feel good about yourself versus doing it and it just so happens to make you also feel good. So yeah, I love giving people gifts and that I don't know how to navigate that ever when it comes to dating. Because once I like someone, I have all these thoughts constantly. I'm like, okay, I want to. I want to make them feel nice all the time. Make them know that I like them. And and also, sometimes I just want to get them random gifts. <laughs> but you can't do that with everyone because some people will think you're crazy. But that's why it's important to understand love languages because at least, I'm going to say at least with men specifically... I'm only saying that because that's my experience and it's experience of like my girlfriends when we've talked about it. A lot of men, when you show them any kind of (laughs) positive attention that goes past like physical, they really see it as like a meaning a lot more and see it as something that's really, really intimate because a man will, a man will come inside you However, you dare to uh, get him something that he was talking about last time you were hanging out. He looks at you like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say I like wanted to marry you. Sir, make it make sense. You, let's just be real. You were gambling away with possibly having a child <laughs> with me. But the idea of me just without with no with like no reason just getting something for you to like make you happier make something easier is too intimate for you I've always found that so silly but that's just like the reality of situations because they'll always hit you with the okay like I mean I'm not really like that serious or like I just like would like want to take things slow or they'll ghost you because you got like I'm putting this is in uh, quotation marks I'm being sarcastic if you're being like too relationship-esque or like too intimate too soon, I'm just like, dude, let me like be affectionate. That's like my biggest problem when it comes to dating men. Well, that that on its own is just, you know, it's, it's hard. <laughs> but that's one of the hardest things because I'm just naturally a very affectionate person in like all avenues. If I like you and care about you, I'm going to show it. And I've, I've grown out of the sort of um idea that I need to tone it down or whatever because I used to I used to consciously make an effort to be like okay don't show them don't show all your cards right don't go like all out don't do this that and the third because uh, to like not scare them off or to not make them like I don't know think that you like them too much or what have you which I understood why I was doing that because men do scare off easily. But what I realized was I am doing myself a disservice because I like doing that. I like showing people that I care about them and that's not a negative thing. Whether someone receives that well is not really my fucking problem. And you, I, that's just like, that just comes with age and just uh, 
like the wisdom you gain along the way of like dating a bunch of people and experiencing different people if I enjoy that enjoy enjoy like being affectionate and enjoy uh just texting you and telling you I think about you and showing you that I like you all and all this if I enjoy that I don't have to tone that down and if you don't like that then that's fine I'm not saying everyone has to enjoy that but what I'm saying is there's no reason why I have to tone that down to like appease someone else or make them more comfortable with who I am there's no reason to do that because there are plenty of people once you meet the right people that will appreciate that appreciate that you're going out of your way to make them feel special or remembering that they asked for this thing like on your first date and now it's been you've been dating for a few months now and you remembered that and you randomly got them a gift just little things like that they will appreciate that so I'm not going to cater to the people that aren't going to value that because I, I refuse to change my character um to fit someone else I don't I don't like that it's unnecessary and it's silly we're all adults here some of us are better at being adults here <laughs> but I think you I, I just can't turn it off I'm sorry I enjoy being affectionate and that's just who I am and there's a reason why I have so many good relationships like not like not even like romantically speaking like but with my friends there's a reason why we're friends we've been friends for over a decade you know what I mean there's a reason why they like me I'm super nice and loving and that's what I do and everyone that knows me closely knows that's how I am so I don't I don't want to turn it off and I hate it and that's when I get into the fact where like I just want to get people things and I know they're going to be uncomfortable but it's just because I want to do it I just want them to know I like them and care about them but they're going to think I fucking want to marry them and I hate that one time a man a boy let's yeah a boy thought it was too (laughs) too soon (laughs) for me to put an emoji next to his name yeah yep yep that's what we're dealing with and i wish i could say this was like multiple years ago this was like last year he's like oh that's like that's really like what is it? He said it was like really intense. I said, "Sir, what? <laughs> what, are you, what are you even talking about?" Again, ladies, they will come inside you, but refuse to let you anywhere near their brain or their heart. It's hilarious and stupid. But like, we all have our own damage and everything. I get it. I understand. But I do find it so funny the little things that they think is just like too intimate, or think that we think is intimate. Because that's, like, the bottom line. It's not... I don't even think they're worried for themselves and how they're, like, uh, perceiving it. But I think they're worried about what you think and why you're doing that. They're, like, doing their own FBI investigation in their brain. They're like, why would she do that? Why would she randomly get that? Like, she clearly really likes me. Um, do, does she like me more than I like her? Is she too serious? And meanwhile, you're just like, oh, I saw I saw something that reminded me of you. Hello. Like, that was the extent of what you did. But they're going down a fucking rabbit hole of why you could possibly be so nice to them which is super common that happens to me a lot guys like are so unused to women being nice to them or people being nice to them I guess (laughs) like they're so shocked by your behavior all the time like I can't believe this do you want something from me and I'm like no 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 just just being nice but on the other side we're also the same way like anytime a man is well for different reasons though I mean, we we have different evidence here. Just the stats are off. It is way more dangerous <laughs> for women to trust men than it is for for uh, men to trust women. That's just reality. Like anytime a man does something nice for me, a stranger, I am highly suspicious. Like immediately now, immediately now. Like I don't care if there are fucking like. If there's cans dropping out of my grocery bag, if you are a man, don't you ever in your life think it is appropriate for you to come up behind me and and just like be there. <laughs> don't be around me. I need all men to keep a safe like 10 feet distance from me unless I ask you to approach. Is that okay? Is that cool? Don't talk to me if I don't know you. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, Kayla, how are we supposed to hit on women? <gasps> Plot twist. Don't. 
wait for them to hit on you. And maybe they won't, but that's what dating apps are for. No, virtually no one has to talk to a stranger ever again in their life without knowing if they also find them attractive or are also single. We don't have to do that at all. Stop hitting on women if you think you're going to look creepy because guess what? You probably are going to look creepy because we assume all men are creepy because most of you are. And all the time we are proved correct because ask any woman you know, ask any woman you know, hey, if a man hits on you and you deny him, what happens? And all, every one of them will be like, oh, well, you know, they'll either like be mad or like call you a bitch instantly or be like, oh, you, you, you weren't cute anyway. Like immediately just like (laughs) just shit on you as soon as you reject them. And then also like the, the, you know, the really, really, really um, extreme version of that is like getting murdered. It's risky out here. Dating is hard. Anyways, back to the, back to the matter at hand. Love languages. Take a quiz. It's important to know your love languages when you're um, getting involved with someone because in this hypothetical universe where both par- both parties are open to love and affection and whatever comes their way it's good to know how that person is going to receive your love and going to take care of you and everything this also brings up an interesting topic though that i wanted to discuss because i think it's very fascinating so if any of you uh went to college <laughs> Or, I mean, you might have heard. I don't know. The internet's free. Attachment theory. So, uh, the reason why I said college is, like, most people have to take, like, an intro to psych <laughs> or some kind of class that usually, they, uh, well, nine times out of ten talk about this. But I learned about this in my uh, human studies class, so n- none of you care that. I don't have to do a backstory. Anyway, so um, the attachment theory was first presented by uh, John Bowlby in the 1950s. And the reason why he was sort of um, trying to understand the different ways and um, why infants would be so distressed when being separated from their parents, right? He wanted to understand why um, some didn't do, like, really anything, some like, ran around crying, or some actually, like, took, um, effort to, like, try and, like, look for their parents, they're in the, I, listen, I'm gonna get to the point when I, why I brought this up, <laughs> but this had to do with, um, their attachments to their parents, so there are three different attachment styles, there are numerous ones, because this was in the 1950s, so obviously we have a lot more data on that, and there's a, there's even more like subsets of each style. But very plainly speaking, you have secure, anxious, and avoidant. So for a child, you if you if a, if like you as a baby, you're crying, and then your parents come in and take care of you. More than likely, you're one one of your parents because that's just like when you're a baby, you're attached to like one single human that's just reality but so let's say like your mom you're you're crying and your mom comes in and takes care of you immediately all the time constantly that's how she takes care of you you now have built a secure attachment because you know in any situation that you're going to need your parent your mother your father whatever that they are going to come and they're going to take care of you and uh, you're going to be okay and you feel safe and loved and all this stuff. And that translates even to like to other ages because then your child is able to develop and sort of try things on their own because now they have sort of a love and trust relationship with you that you, okay, even if I go out into the world, I know this is like my safe base so I could come back and they'll be here to take care of me, whatever happens. Okay. Um. Then we have anxious which comes a lot with um sort of just like not knowing if someone's gonna be around you're just like constantly let you're let down a lot by them this usually comes with like a um let's say like absentee parent maybe an in and out parent that's there sometimes there's so you don't really have um you're not you don't have an ability to really like rely on them 
so you are anxious about relationships because you still want them you still want to like to have a relationship with that with your parent or whatever so you still will seek that out and you're like looking to see if they're around but you have sort of got like you have less trust in them now and you assume that you're going to be like let down and then avoidant which is like the worst one it usually comes with um for children specifically it usually comes with children that have been abused or like really neglected where they don't even they don't even like search for those attachments they just like they, they're very content and just like independent which gets sort of like misconstrued if you're looking at children if you're looking at children and um this always comes up and it bothers the shit out of me when parents will be like oh they want to let their kid just like cry it out and learn to self-soothe listen that sounds cute but in reality they're not self-soothing what they're learning now they're they're developing an insecure attachment to you they're learning now that you're not going to come when they cry. So that's when they learn like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to figure this out on my own. So again, sounds cute. Sounds like they're being independent and learning how to take care of themselves. No, you're forcing them to learn how to take care of themselves because just as humans, we have to develop ways to survive. <laughs> so they've realized that you're not going to take care of them and be around and they can't trust that you're going to do that. So there's no reason to keep crying because you're not going to come. So if I break that down and that sounds awful, that's just the reality of the situation. You can't baby a child. I hate when people say that. They're like, you're going to baby them. You're giving them too much attention. You can't give a fucking child too I'm like, what? It's a baby. <laughs> it literally needs you to survive. How are you giving a baby too much attention? Oh, people are so fucking annoying. Oh, anyways. So the reason I brought that up was because that relates to um, our attachment styles in relationships and in adulthood romantic and uh, uh platonic relationships and like familiar relationships there's a lot of studies there, again this science is old but most of this is still the more they do studies on it the more it's like concrete and they're like yeah what happens in your childhood definitely affects your adulthood <laughs> all the time be nice to your kids because some Someone is going to eventually have to date them and unpack all the trauma that you put on them. Anyways, okay, I'll take a break and then I'll get, uh, then we'll, we'll get into the, the attachment styles in adulthood. We're back. So, what attachment styles as far as like relationships, it, this was developed in the 70s um, by psychologists, uh, Hazen and Shaver. It's a woman and a man. In case you cared. <laughs> but they developed uh, a questionnaire to determine your attachment style when it came to relationships. And the reason why this is super important, I mean, hopefully it's obvious why it's super important. But when you're dating someone, trying to understand, like, why they feel a certain way or why they react to you in different, in, um, in different ways, especially in different ways than you're maybe used to or what you expected... It's good to know their attachment style because then you can sort of cater yourself to making sure that they're feeling secure with you, right? So, we understand secure. A secure relationship style. You love and you trust them and you don't, you have no problem with closeness and developing um, relationships because you've never been taught that anyone's gonna leave you. Mm. <laughs> anxious that's me i'm anxious i'm i have an anxious attachment style we'll get into that in a second but let me explain um so as far as anxious attachment styles in relationships um they long to be intimate but are scared to be let down and often because of that will exhibit sort of like self-destructive behavior in relationships and be aggressive sort of like pushing someone away before they can leave you and yes <laughs> if you're like that sounds exactly like you that is correct and then as far as um avoidant they sort of find it much easier to be alone and to avoid emotional relationships because they obviously they've been so traumatized and so damaged by previous relationships that they were supposed to have um trust in that now they just are sort of have like 
complete emotional withdrawal and don't really know how to trust someone and let them love them because they don't they haven't experienced that or they've been so let down that they have no faith that it's going to work out make sense yes okay so i read all those and i imagine um if you guys want to take a deeper dive into (laughs) whether that's you or not i would do that there's ways for you to go there's different tests like and i think the actual original questionnaire is is available online and there's a um there's a a cool little video you could watch if you wanted to it's on youtube um what's your what is your attachment style and um it's by the school of life so that's it's actually a pretty cool video and sort of breaks down every your relationships with other people if you have these styles how you would describe yourself yada 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 how to move on why it's important to know these styles for relationships so for me I have an anxious attachment style because of you guessed it daddy issues now what are daddy issues well you know there's there's a lot of different variations <laughs> but so for me personally my dad left when I was nine and I saw him a few times in between that and 13 and 13 was the last time I saw him so I'm gonna be 24 so I haven't seen him oh the last time I saw him was 13 like on my birthday so that's a cool memory right um so yeah I haven't seen him in 11 years in June I will will have not seen him in 11 years so with that I have developed a serious anxious attachment in uh relationships and it doesn't help that I'm mostly attracted to men and have attachments and I, I mean these relationships with men and it's not really super helpful and so what what <laughs> what this questionnaire has told me is that um yeah it, th- this is what describes an anxious attachment style as far as relationships that I find others are reluctant reluctant to get to as close to me as I would like which happens to me a lot and I just said in the beginning of the episode because I'm like let me love you and they're like that's weird mm-hmm. um you often worry about whether your partner really loves you or really cares about you or if they're going to stay with you. Yes, that makes sense because you're used to people leaving sometimes. Awesome. And then um, you want to get close to people, but that sometimes would scare them away. Exactly. Does that sound? Guys, that sounds just like me. That happens all the time. I just, I crave closeness. Again, trauma but I crave closeness, especially with men, and then, which is stupid, not stupid to crave closeness, but it's stupid to be, like, actively upset about it, because in reality, like, okay, every man you date is not your father, so quit setting up these sort of, like, I don't know, I sort, I set up these obstacles before even meeting a man for him to meet, which is not fair, because they've shown me no reason for me to believe that they're gonna like hurt me or do me wrong in any scenario but I already in my brain to protect myself set up like okay if they don't do this this and that then I can't be with them or I'm not gonna be with them or if they do if or if god forbid they actually do show me all the closeness and love that I want then I get nervous and I'm like oh other shoe's gonna drop they're gonna leave me right yeah (laughs) super unfortunate but they for attach for anxious attachment they gave some advice as far as having relationships um with another per with another person a romantic relationship um <laughs> one of the first things they said they said things aren't as bad as they seem <laughs> that's like the definition of anxiety like we're aware that they aren't as bad as they seem but i can't turn my feelings off um your partner being quiet doesn't mean they like hate you Th- this is not like verbatim i'm sort of just you know summarizing and, and <laughs> taking my own twist on it but them being quiet does not mean they don't like you it doesn't mean you did anything wrong sometimes they're just being quiet and that's okay and if you're anything like me i have such an uncomfortable feeling when it comes to silence it makes me so nervous i've i've recently tried to like grow out of it but it still makes me so nervous when people are around me especially like a date and they're quiet I'm just thinking like oh my god am I being boring am I doing this wrong did I say something stupid should I like 
should I bring up another question? Should I, like, make sure they're entertained? Like, the whole time. And meanwhile, he's just chilling. He's just taking everything in. He's just, like, looking at me. He's thinking about things. He might just not be thinking about anything, which is also fine. But my brain is like, why are you not talking constantly? Don't you have thoughts all the time? <laughs> mm, trauma. Anyway, what else? Um, you are not needy. I needed to hear that today. Because <laughs> I definitely, I don't think anyone that knows me truly would classify me as needy. I just have certain marks that I need people to check off to make me feel loved. And that's okay. And that's okay that I need that. I'm not needy. I just have certain standards that if they are met, that I'm more content and more comfortable. And that's okay. And I'm allowed to. However, <laughs> the way that I deal with them isn't necessarily the best is what the test was saying. Like, if my partner is not being affectionate towards me and loving towards me, I can't be like, so, like, you just don't like me? Like, what did I do to you? Like, you're just, like, being super, like, rude today. Like, no, don't do that. <laughs> it's, you gotta get this voice on. I gotta talk to, I recently tried just, like, talking to men in my, like, in this voice. It is really well received. And when I think in this voice, I think a lot more uh, consciously of what I'm saying, which I usually do, but more about like how I'm saying it and how I'm presenting myself because I have been told recently that I am condescending sometimes or I appear to be condescending because of my voice and my facial expressions and everything about me. Um, so I've been talking in this voice and it's well, it's, it's much better received, especially if like I'm bringing up like an issue or that I want something from someone to make them feel like I'm not attacking them. I'm just voicing that I need something else from them. I need them to provide me with something else. So I, you just have to ask nicely and not even like you're like you're you don't have to be like really really nice about it. Just like not being aggressive about it is the point. You can't like attack someone and then want them to give something to you in return because now you hurt their feelings and they feel attacked. Because if someone would do that to me, I'd be like, well, fuck you. You could have asked nicely. <laughs> but for some reason, my brain can't like relate that to how I ask someone else that. So that's what we're working on. In case you're wondering, I'm constantly a work in progress, just figuring out what I need to do to make myself more likable and attainable and attractive to other people. Not for the sake of them actually finding me attractive, but just bettering myself to like appeal to people. That now that sounds bad, but you know what I mean. I don't I don't live for other people, but I do want other people to know that I am genuinely nice. So sometimes I have to actively work that out when upon first meeting someone. So then when they get to the natural core of me, they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But sometimes people don't want to get to the natural core of me because I have a face like this, resting bitch face or resting condescending face. Apparently, <laughs> as you can tell, I'm very stuck on that. I don't know if it hurt my feelings, but it just really made me think way too much about how I'm being perceived. <laughs> and I don't like that at all. For avoidant, we're not going to talk about fucking secure people because why are you here? How did you make it here? You just, what, you just had like two loving parents and you feel safe all the time? Gross. No, I'm kidding. I hope that for you. I love that for you. Congratulations. But this episode, I guess, isn't for you. So just like, listen. Uh, for avoiding people, they're uncomfortable being close to others oftentimes. And even in the video, they were saying, well, you would prefer having sex with strangers than having like closeness and like cuddles and stuff like that. Um, you can't really depend on others in relationships. So that often will cause a wedge. So you have to constantly think about that and allowing yourself to sort of trust another person because while you may be nervous, you have to understand how the how that other person is perceiving it. Because it's easy to be like, oh, well, it's just me. You're still affecting that other person. Whether you could say all day, well, it's not it's not you. It's just like how I'm feeling. That that's not effective. You have to be like, okay, this is me, and how am I going to change that and make sure that this other person isn't feeling like I'm not putting in the effort, yada yada yada, because of like my past issues. Um, it says oftentimes others will want you to be more intimate than you want to be. Again, you don't really feel comfortable with the closeness because that relates to being let down and all that jazz. Um, and you get nervous when people get too close 
so they often have a similar thing where they will self-sabotage to end a relationship or distance themselves from the other person to avoid getting hurt or to avoid even getting close enough to get hurt and in the, in the video they specifically said the issue with both of these uh, attachment styles is unfortunately they like to attach to each other <laughs> so they're like hurt basically hurt people are attached to and attracted to other hurt people but because they were hurt in different ways and it manifests in different ways they have a hard time having relationships with each other if they haven't broken down their attachment styles and what they need from each other and the baggage that they're bringing in specifically it was saying one of the things it said um for how the avoidant person needs to change their behavior for uh, dating someone anxious they said you are allowed to feel uncomfortable by closeness but when prompted with being like um the idea of being closer don't be mad about it sometimes you might just have to comfort your partner and just suck it up and be like okay let me just okay I'll just love on you and that's fine and make you feel special even if you necessarily aren't feeling like that comfortable in that moment that'll make your partner more secure and feel um safer in your relationship and build a tighter bond and then eventually after continuing that behavior then you realize like naturally like okay I can be close to someone and not have all these like negative thoughts of abandonment all this all that jazz so recently so I'm gonna done (laughs) done talking about that for half a second um are you guys familiar with your you are with object permanence now object permanence when we're talking about it usually is pertaining to babies and like uh, toddlers and stuff because um, they're learning to understand that them not visually seeing something or touching it or what have you it still exists whether or not they're interacting with it that's why like when you play with babies they're so shocked when you cover something up because they're like wait i just saw it and i can't see it so it must not be there anymore and then it just reappears and they're like whoa what the what how that happened babies are so funny and and little dummies i'm like yeah i was here i just covered my face but we're adults and we understand that so the funny thing about that is being an adult (laughs) is i realized this and i'm gonna i think i'm gonna blow your mind if you've ever struggled with this also if you're someone who constantly sort of I don't know, needs reassurance from a partner, feels like, okay, like maybe they're being distant, like anything, any little thing they do, like, oh, they don't text me back, they didn't, oh, they didn't like talk to me today, like something must be wrong. I feel that all the time. That happens to me constantly and I text my friends about it all the time because I just instantly get this anxiety, anxious, you see what I did there, relate in the topics. Anyway, I always get these, this anxiety of like, okay, what did I do wrong? Either I did something wrong or their their distance is like them ghosting me or like something something negative, no matter what happens. Like I could talk to them all day. I saw them, like if I saw them twice this week, if they don't like text me, if I texted them and they haven't texted me back or whatever, then in my brain, I'm just like unraveling like, okay, so I guess we're done, all the stuff, and it's not, like, negative on them, it's just, like, in my brain, I'm, like, okay, I guess they just, like, don't want to be with me, yada, 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 all this stuff, this happened to me recently, I physically got ill because of, like, my anxiety, like, I got nauseous, and, like, my mouth was watering, and all that stuff, and I realized, I didn't realize, I stumbled upon, object, uh, constancy it is sort of the it's the adult version of object permanence because obviously as adults we understand hey something's not in front of us if i go downstairs and um am away from my laptop did it disappear no it's still there whether or not i could see it touch it or whatever so what they're saying is as adults when it comes to relationships both romantic and platonic and like a family relationships too but I'm talking about romantic relationships. You, because of uh, your past issues with abandonment, 
assume that if someone's not like talking to you if you're not seeing them and spending time with them sort you feel like they've abandoned you or don't like you or don't want to be with you because you're not actively being told or you're not seeing it or not being shown affection constantly so if they're not doing that then they might as well not even be there so you feel like they don't want to be with you and I'm just like I literally I read that and I was like oh my god I'm like you are so fucking damaged pull it together <laughs> but it's so real that's the reality for like a lot of people because I think it's easy to be like okay that person's just insecure it's like no it's not about them being insecure like what like themselves or what they have to offer it's their brain telling them hey we've experienced this before so like now let's have our guard up and be scared of anything that sort of mimics that <laughs> because hey we've been abandoned before this kind of feels like that so it must be the same thing like it's hard to untrain your brain to feel that way and i'd probably say it's nearly impossible to keep yourself from thinking that but it is very much possible because like now being actively aware of that I can make the steps to sort of change that and change how I feel and change how that would affect me um now that I'm aware like oh they don't hate me they're probably just busy something very simple like that even though my brain's like hey they probably hate you and I'm just like brain no remember Remember, we're just a little damaged, and that's why we think that way, but they're probably just at work. And then they text you an hour later and like, hey, I was at work, and you're like, yay, I was right. I figured it out. So, listen, just take some, take some time to work on yourself. Figure out what you need. Figure out what you need for your to provide to yourself, what other people need to provide you, how you need to be loved, how you're going to show love to other people. And if you're dating... Figure out how that person feels with all this information. Figure out how they're going to be loved and talk about the issues that may arise if you're an anxious, uh, like you have an anxious attachment and you're dating someone with an avoidant attachment. Figure out how you're going to move on from that because it's very possible because most people do have that interaction. Like, I mean, a majority of people do have like that interaction of someone having a um insecure attachment of some sort and then i think it's like 40 some percent is like having ins- it both parties have insecure attachments so it's not like you're not wrong and you're not weird or anything but it is weird to let that manifest itself and spin out of control when you can take the steps to fix it and sort of attack it and make sure that you're having a stable relationship instead of just like being at home and being like well he hasn't talked to me and da 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 and so like fuck him if he's not interested if he could he would i fucking hate that shit i hate that i hate that narrative do you know how much shit i can do and i want to do but i don't do i guarantee if you're listening to this right now you have at least three things you you were supposed to do today and you're listening to this instead and for that i applaud you procrastination (laughs) but that narrative just sort of like I don't know it ends up hurting you in the long run because you're being critical about someone and not even taking into account like how they feel and the reason why they're acting this way when in reality you can just ask you can fully have these conversations and again if you're having sex with someone and you're afraid to have these deep conversations with them you should not be having sex with them okay did you hear me (laughs) again if you're just hooking up that's not what i'm talking about but i'm saying if you're dating someone and you guys have been intimate sexually but for some reason you feel like it's too much to ask them important like life questions or important relationship questions or what have you that's not someone that you should be dating and maybe you like certainly should not have slept with them already if you're afraid to be afraid of like the closeness with that again that's we learn this from (laughs) we learn this from experience (laughs) of course but be like that's obviously that's a different level of intimacy i understand that trust me i do believe it's easier to have sex than it is to like spill your heart out but that's because we have what say with me trauma you know right but we're getting older and we're changing and we need to become wiser and the first step to becoming wiser 
is instead of just wanting things, we actively make them happen. So if you want a relationship and want to know this person more and want them to know you more, make that happen. Ask them questions. Ask them what they want from you. Ask them, or tell them what you want from them. Tell them what you need from them. Tell them what you would need for this to work. And if you're scared and you don't want to scare them away and be like, oh, we're just doing something casual. If you're doing something casual, then okay. If you're even thinking about bringing this up, then sweetheart, sorry to break it to you. You don't feel casual about the situation. (laughs) You don't feel casual. You want something more and it's okay to want something more. But if that person doesn't want that, then you have to get out of that situation. You got to disappear. Make yourself disappear. Houdini. You got to get out of that situation because you're not going to be pleased by by that. They're not going to provide you what you want or need and then you're going to end up getting hurt. But they have done nothing wrong because you haven't even expressed that you want these things. Start expressing what you want from someone. I know it's cute to be like, I just want them to know what I want and what I like. That is childish. Sorry, that is very childish to just want someone to know what you want. It takes zero effort for someone to like guess what you want. But think about all the effort it takes and how good it would feel to tell someone exactly what you want and then have them provide that not only were you listened to you were heard and then they're giving it to you that takes far more effort than just being like okay I think girls like flowers I'm gonna get her flowers like that's cute and all but it took no effort at all versus actually telling someone how how you want to be treated and they actually come through with that I think that's more important okay so what did we learn today what did we learn I'm anxious Uh, We already knew that. No. Okay. So we learned how to deal with um, our attachment styles and how we can move on from that, right? Um, We understand now that we're not insecure. We're just sort of, we have to get back to feeling safe with a person. So that's going to take some steps, but it's okay. It's not impossible. It's something that needs to be a dual effort, right? And you need to vocalize those things in love languages, are you how are you loving this person right maybe that person doesn't want a gift maybe that person just randomly wants to be kissed on the mouth grab their butt randomly wink wink that's me um instead so ask them or tell them that you want that okay guys this was i had really fun this was a fun episode i had fun i took a day off and i felt feel refreshed and i got nothing done which in my brain, I was like, oh, you took a day off and got nothing done. That was the fucking point of the day off, to not do anything. <laughs> you took a day off from tr- doing work, not to do other work, you silly banana. Anyways, as always, thank you for listening. This was a very good episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, new episodes come out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, except this last Wednesday, because I was tired. Um, but besides that, I hope you have a good weekend and are nice to yourself and nice to others. And I love you. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.